Hello and welcome to the Triage Method Podcast. My name is Gary McGowan. I'm here with my co-host, as always, Mr. Patrick Farrell. It's been a few weeks. There have been uh, interim podcasts. You had Dean last week and now I'm back. So I had my medical exams. That's all finished and wrapped up now. And now it's back to focus primarily on triage for the summer. And uh, how did your exams go, Gary? I'll find out tomorrow. Nice. Well, by the time people are listening to this, you'll have found out. Hopefully, yeah. you've been celebrating. If not, you'll have been fired from triage. And I know maybe you'll be homeless. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot riding on this. Yeah, you'll probably never hear from me again if I fail. So, uh, if you're hearing this podcast, to be honest, I've probably passed my exams. <laughs> Fair. Anyway, Gary, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about the summer protocol and this is of course a key issue. It's May, right? A lot of people are coming into summer if they happen to live in a country that has sun. In Ireland it's actually been quite beautiful the last few days which has been surprising uh, but we've got the leaving cert period of time upcoming in Ireland which means we're probably going to get some nice leaving cert weather and then the summer will probably finish. But a lot of people do go on holidays, a lot of people have a lot of events, of events over the summer, even people that have careers that work through the summer. They often take a bit of time, you know, in August, you know, a lot of companies will, you know, tone down a bit and then ramp up again in, in September. So as a result, a lot of people during this time are thinking about a couple of things. One, should I diet and try to get in shape for my holidays? Two, if I'm doing that or if I'm not doing that, how am I going to stay in shape uh, during the summer? And then three, you know, people who have performance goals and things like that, they might be thinking, how am I going to keep up my training while I'm abroad? How am I going to stay fit? How am I going to stay active? So they're the different types of things that we want to tackle in this episode. And fundamentally, I'd like you to be in a position where you can leave this episode with a rough plan of action and strategy as to how you're going to approach the summer period. Yeah, 100%. And effectively, this is nothing new. We're not going to be covering anything that's like groundbreaking, earth-shattering, like, oh my God, they gave us the secret. I can't believe, you know, I didn't know about this or I was missing out on this. But I know a lot of people, they do struggle at this time and we can get into a variety of, you know, issues that potentially come up when you're trying to diet for summer. We can also get into a lot of discussions around whether or not you even need to diet for summer. You know, that's a, a good conversation to have because like, what's the point of it? Is it something that you should do? Is it something that you should feel you need to do? You know, there's a whole bigger conversation to be had, right? However, that's not really what this episode is about. Well, dealing with some of the issues that potentially crop up, we will cover that in, in this episode. But I know a lot of people just want to know what to do, right? They're going, okay, look, you know, I have a holiday in August. I want to be in, you know, better shape than I currently am. You know, maybe they used to be a bit more athletic or had a certain physique and they were like this. I really like the look of this. I really enjoy looking like this. I feel confident, etc. I feel confident taking my, know, my top off at the pool or whatever. Um, and now due to work, family, whatever other things that have gotten in the way, they're now not at that, you know, level of leanness, level of muscularity, whatever it is right so they want to come into august usually it's august that's usually when at least in europe when people are like right this is holiday time like you try to book a holiday in august and everywhere is six times the price because everyone also had the same idea right um so 
today's episode is all about really dialing in a kind of general framework or general protocol for getting lean and getting quote unquote aesthetically pleasing for your summer holidays right now of course this is going to be a different journey for everyone like if you yep. are that's like 12 percent body fat and you're like oh, i just want to get you know i want to be the most shredded person at the pool right or at the beach or whatever it is right that's obviously a different conversation than someone who is you know, whatever 25 percent body fat and they're like look i just want to feel a bit more comfortable being able to take my top off at the pool get a tan whatever right so obviously we're coming at this from a variety of different angles depending on who exactly you are what exactly you have going on where you are in your journey etc etc right but we can still give you this kind of broad outline of what needs to be done to get you from where you are to where you want to be so where do we start with this guy yeah so first and foremost guys it's it's gone the middle of may now so what i always say to people is you know you have to have a realistic timeline that's the first thing so if you've been you know gorging on food since easter you're still getting rid of the, the leftover easter chocolate you've got like 30 pounds to lose to reach your goal physique and you're planning on going on holidays in June. That's probably unrealistic. Okay. You have to be realistic with your timeline and you have to have an appropriate plan of action to meet that timeline. The ideal for anyone that's trying to get, you know, lean for summer, let's say you want to lose 10 to 20 pounds is that you start probably a month or two ago, at least I would say, because you want to have a nice slow and steady approach particularly because people are quite event-oriented in this context, where people might be going away for, let's say, two weeks to Turkey in June or July. And they're trying to get to that point where they want to be nice and lean, feeling good, feeling confident right before the holiday, and then they want to maintain that. And the problem is that if you're aggressively crash dieting with an approach that isn't going to be sustainable, what happens on your holiday? You get over there, your appetite's totally dysregulated, your relationship with food is a bit disordered, and now you're gorging on food, you're binging, you come back 20 pounds heavier, and now you have no habits to carry you through the rest of the summer or the, or the rest of the year. And now you come back and you gain loads of weight again. That happens a lot. And the best case scenario really is that if you're thinking about dieting for summer, because we've decided, right, this is an appropriate uh, approach for you right now, you're taking it slow and steady, and then you're maintaining throughout the summer. So you're maintaining throughout your holiday. You're keeping your basic habits. So for example, it might be that you've reduced your calories by 20% from where they were when they were at maintenance. You're maybe a little bit hungry, but not too much. Your workouts are going fine. Everything's going well. And then when you go on your holidays, you're able to keep some of those uh, habits that you developed. You know, it might be that you have a protein shake and fruit for your breakfast. Can you do that in your holiday? You sure can. You might have, I normally have a, I don't know, a chicken salad, a couple of slices of bread for your lunch. Can you do that in holidays? You probably can. And then maybe you indulge in the evening. We'll get into the, some of those strategies shortly. But fundamentally, it has to be appropriate timeline, slow and steady, ideally. And if you're going to be more aggressive, you need to make sure that you're confident that you can actually sustain that weight loss that you've achieved. And that's, it's also important to realize that being aggressive with fat loss isn't, it generally isn't the best approach for the vast majority of people. Yeah, for sure, if you have all your healthy habits dialed in, you have a great relationship with food, great relationship with yourself in general, yeah, maybe you can be a bit more aggressive with things. But for the vast majority of people, if they try to be more aggressive, they're just going to stumble. 
usually every week. You know, it'll be Monday to Friday. Oh, I was eating in a thousand calorie deficit and I was hungry and starving, but because I was working and I was busy and whatever, I was able to stick to it. But then again, it's coming into summer. Your friends are going to be like, oh, do you want to go for a barbecue on Saturday? Maybe a few pints as well. Like you're going, oh man, I've been good all week. You know, I can definitely afford to just eat a little bit more on that Saturday, you know, but then you get a little bit tipsy, a little bit drunk. And then all of a sudden you're 20,000 calories in that evening overconsumption, right? And obviously I'm being facetious there, but you know what I mean? Like you overconsume that Saturday night, Sunday is now right off and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm hungover. I'm gonna go get that McDonald's and I'll just start again Monday, right? And that's a very common thing. And it's especially the case in summer because there's usually a few more events to navigate, right? There's usually a bit more like both daytime activities and nighttime activities to navigate, right? So being excessively aggressive with your fat loss coming into a holiday usually means that you don't even like it's effectively the worst of both worlds right because you get all the negatives of dieting like you feel like shit you feel tired you feel hungry etc during the week because you're eating so little food and then you feel like shit because on the weekend you binge eat right and then also when you look back on it you're like well what was the point of any of that because i'm actually up in weight now i've actually gained weight rather than lost weight like you could maybe justify it to yourself if you're like right i feel like shit i feel tired i feel hungry etc but at least i'm you know progressing towards my goals right you could maybe justify that you're like okay you know yeah maybe it's not the best approach but at least it's it's getting me where i need to be okay again i can see that justification right but to do all that hard work to get all that hardship to feel like crap and then to stagnate just maintain or even gain weight like that is literally the worst of both worlds right so for the vast majority of people you're going to be in a way better position both in terms of the shorter term like week on week and then actually when you get there uh, being able to maintain the fat loss that you have you know done and then also being able to maintain that fat loss far into the future you're going to be in a much better position if you go slow and steady, right? And I know, like, that's not what people want to hear. People want to hear, right, they're giving me the summer protocol. How can I get absolutely shredded in six weeks? Because that's all I've given myself to lose 20 kilos here, right? And unfortunately, it's just not going to happen, right? You, you might be able to lose 20 kilos in, in six weeks if you're just, you know, a phenomenal dieter, fat losser. Uh, but for the vast majority of people, that's just going to be unrealistic, right? For most people, like... A 1% drop in body weight per week is probably still even aggressive for va the vast majority of people, especially if, they've, if they haven't had success with dieting previously, if they don't really have good healthy habits in place. Like obviously if you've done this before, you've really dialed everything in or you're working with a coach that can help you or whatever it is, a 1% drop in you know, body weight per week, that's, that's fairly achievable, fairly sustainable, right? But most people, they're, they're not happy with that. Most people are like, you know, let's say you're a man, you're 90 kilos and you're like, all right, I'm actually 20 kilos overweight. I'm going to try to lose five kilos a week, right? Like that's, that's literally the mentality that people go into it with, right? And it's just, it's just not realistic, right? So we're thinking here, 1% drop in body weight per week is probably still on the aggressive side of things, but at a maintainable rate for, for most people. So you can reverse engineer where you can get, right? So if you're like, right, I have a holiday in 12 weeks, right? You could literally be 12% of your body weight lower. Now, it is a moving target because it's 1% of your current body weight. So if you're down, I don't know, whatever, 
10 kilos, like it's not 1% of your previous body weight, it's 1% of your current body weight, right? So it is, it is a moving you know, target here. Um, but yeah, that's just my thoughts initially in terms of just making sure you plan things out, right? Going, okay, well, I have an event or I have, this is when I roughly want to be ready for, let's reverse engineer that, what's realistic? Okay, you know, it's six weeks away, we could lose maybe 6% of your total body weight in that time frame, right? So what does that look like? Oh, you weigh 100 kilos? Okay, so that's roughly six kilos, right? So again, just being realistic, of course, the first week you go into this, you're probably gonna lose some water weight, you're probably gonna lose some muscle glycogen, you're probably gonna lose some you know, food in your digestive tract. So that first week, you might be higher or faster than that initial or that ultimate like 1% drop in body weight per week. But after that, we still wanna kind of be at that 1%. Now, again, there is a time and a place for a more aggressive fat loss strategy, um, and there are protocols for that, but for the vast majority of people, it's just not, it's not appropriate. Absolutely, so in summary there, kind of big picture conceptually, we generally recommend that people lose an average of 0.5 to 1% body weight per week. So that's kind of our average recommendation. Let's say you're trying to be a little bit fast. Let's go with 1%. As Patty said, you then reverse engineer your, your timeline from there. Okay. So if you're looking at your goal and you're saying you want to lose, you know, 15 kilos in eight weeks, you look at that from a percentage perspective, you'll begin to realize that that's probably not realistic. Okay. Um, so that's the first thing. Conceptually, they're the targets we're aiming for. And then the way you practically track that is you regularly weighing yourself, ideally daily under the same conditions because it just gives you more data that ends up being more reliable. You look at your two to four week averages and then you'll have an idea of how that weight's moving. As Paddy said, when you initially start dieting, it's quite common for weight to drop quite rapidly. Okay, don't worry too much about that noise. Look at the two to four week trends. What's your average? So what I'll often look at is... To interrupt what i always do with my clients i'm like these are the two numbers we care about well there's other things we do obviously but i'm like here are the two things we care about we care about the lowest number you hit that, that week and mm -hmm. then the average number right if we're seeing new low numbers happy days right if we're seeing the average moving in the direction that we want happy days right but we don't actually want to get caught up in any individual measurement because that is where most people fail they go oh my god today i was up two kilos Right? I'm supposed to be losing a kilo per week or whatever. I've absolutely fucked it. I, I don't think I did anything different yesterday, but you know, I'm standing on the scales here now and clearly I did, right? And then they, you know, they basically fuck it. They're like, all right, fuck, I'm either doing everything wrong and it's not worth it, and then they you know, overconsume, or what usually happens, especially midweek, they'll go, I'm just gonna eat less, or I'm gonna move more. You know, I'm gonna punish myself for the fact that my body is a kilo heavier <laughs> today, right? That, you need to get that out of your head. You need to just go, okay, well, are my weight low or my low weigh-ins, are they trending downwards? Cool. Are my, or is my general weight, my weekly average, my two week, my monthly average, is that trend, trending downwards? It all is, happy days, we're on track, right? Um, but don't get too caught up in any individual measurement. Anyway, sorry for interrupting. No, that's fine and absolutely. So that's the kind of conceptual overview. And, and the next question, you have to ask yourself before you go forward with the practical things we're going to discuss is, is dieting actually for you right now? And this is really important for a couple of different kind of archetypes of people. So firstly, if you've struggled with your relationship with food, body image, you're somewhere on that kind of disordered eating spectrum and you've tried dieting many times before, it hasn't worked, it's left you in a worse place, this may not be 
what you need to do right now, okay? And I know sometimes it can feel like, and of course we're in this camp by discussing dieting for summer, sometimes it can feel like it's necessary, like, oh, well, I'm going on holidays, I have to diet. The reality is you don't. And if you can kind of make peace with your body and, and, and embrace um, the fact that, okay, I don't actually have to be lean. What, how can I enjoy my holiday otherwise? That's not always an easy thing to do. But if you can do that, you often have a better time. Because if you're starting from that position, even if you do get leaner, sometimes if you have those kind of psychological comorbidities, let's say, if you're coming from that position, you may still be on your holiday 10 pounds down, but you're still super fixated on how you look. Oh my God, you know, the, the bikini doesn't fit or the shorts don't fit, the speedos don't fit. I'm still not feeling very confident. You know, I'm still worried about all the food I'm consuming. You can still have some of those residual issues. You know, weight loss doesn't solve all your problems. So that's the first thing. If you're in that category, you may want to reconsider, but other people should reconsider as well. If you're an athlete, let's say, and summer's actually your off season and you'd benefit from getting more muscle, then now is kind of the time where you should actually be considering a gaining phase. Now could be a good time for that. That also applies, for example, if you're like a, a really busy student or you work a profession where you have summers off and you're not normally able to allocate much time and attention to your training, but now you can, this could actually be a great muscle building opportunity. Okay, so similar to them, there's other sports. Maybe you've got a jiu-jitsu or a martial arts competition upcoming in the winter. Um, maybe you're a bodybuilder and you've just come out of a, a competition or you're actually just dieted recently for a photo shoot or something. Dieting again now probably isn't the right idea. So all of those different categories and more, of course, would cause us to reconsider, should we actually diet for summer? Is this actually something that's necessary? So it's definitely not necessary for everyone. A lot of people do it by kind of convention norms. And a lot of people do it because, do you know what? They are in a good place. They've been bulking for the winter. They're primed now for a bit of a diet, a bit of a cleanup. And they do have a holiday booked and they generally feel confident when they feel a bit leaner. And that's all perfectly fine in my view. Yeah, I, I'd 100% agree. I don't think we need to uh, demonize or vilify no. wanting to get a little bit leaner and you know acknowledging the fact that, oh, actually, I feel a bit more confident when I am a bit leaner or whatever. I'm like, that's that's perfectly fine. Like, there's, I don't think there's, you know, uh, patho pathology or pathologicalness to that. Um, I think it's perfectly acceptable, you know? So you don't have to feel bad for wanting to diet. You don't have to feel bad for wanting to get lean. However, you have to also acknowledge that it's not appropriate for everyone. You know, yep. I would actually argue that the vast majority of people would do themselves a much bigger favor by just eating in and around maintenance and just working on good, healthy habits, good, healthy diet strategies and, you know, habits in general, uh, lifestyle practices, sleep, stress management, training, and just go, okay, I'm actually just going to spend the next six months really getting everything dialed in. I don't care about the actual outcome in terms of fat loss or muscle gain or whatever. What I want to do is build really, really solid habits that are going to sustain me throughout my life. That would be my ideal. I think that's the, the thing that the vast majority of people would actually benefit the most from. However, I know a lot of people are like, okay, yeah, that sounds great and everything, but right now I want fat loss. Right now I want to get shredded for summer, <laughs> right? So you kind of have to, especially like obviously we're in this industry, when we're coaching people, we kind of have to meet them halfway where we're like, right, I'm going to give you some of what you want and then also some of what you need, right? And obviously, especially you know, the way we coach, very often we are building those good habits, building those good training, diet, 
you know, sleep, stress management, et cetera, practices as part of the process. But if you don't know what that actually looks like, like say you're just training yourself, you're coaching yourself, like it can be hard to build all those things in into a strategy, into a cohesive plan of action. Um, so I do understand that it is difficult. And then if you layer on a calorie deficit where you're maybe a bit more hungry and you're a bit tired, a little bit lower energy, you know, whatever, like it's even harder to get those good habits and good practices in place, right? So for the vast majority of people, look, you, you probably should eat at maintenance or thereabouts and just focus on good healthy habits. But that's not what today's episode is about. Today's episode is about, okay, you've screened yourself, you think it's appropriate for you to lose some fat, you've left it till now to you know, get ready for the August holiday or whatever. What, what do you need to do, right? That's what we're talking about today. So where do, where do we kind of start with this, Gary? Yeah, so quite obviously, you need to get your nutrition in order. And we've discussed this, like, you know, hundreds or thousands of times, probably wouldn't be an exaggeration. You need to be in a calorie deficit, okay? You need to be able to consistently reduce your calories and maintain sufficient protein. These are the core behaviors related to nutrition that contribute to fat loss. And this is obviously within a broader framework of healthy nutrition. So for example, eating plenty of fruits and vegetables, eating plenty of uh, fiber, whole grains, beans, legumes, those types of things, you know, healthy complex fiber rich carbohydrate sources, you know, that you've got plenty of protein sources um, in your diet that are, you know, in accordance with your dietary preferences. So for example, maybe you're someone that doesn't eat you know, seafood, you don't like white meat, so maybe you eat a combination of kind of red meat, dairy, eggs, and maybe some plant-based sources. If you're in a plant-based diet, maybe all the meat options, they're all out of the way, so you have to focus on your plant-based sources. Okay, so this is just the, the broad general nutrition advice, but within the context of maintaining a calorie deficit, i.e. that you're burning more calories than you're taking in and you're consuming sufficient protein. And during a dieting phase, we generally say at least two grams per kilogram of body weight, okay? So that's the first thing. But associated with that then is the fact that people sometimes eat seasonally, okay? So before we go on to that, yeah, go ahead. one thing I just wanna say is, right, it's really important to get those two things that Gary said into your head. The, the major levers that we have to pull here, calorie intake and protein intake, right? If you focus on nothing else and just get those two dialed in, you'll be in a great place. That doesn't discount the fact that there are all these other things that we have to consider with the diet to make a good, well-balanced, nutrient-dense, you know, wholesome, healthy diet, right? But again, we're just thinking right now, okay, the summer protocol, okay, I, I need to, you know, what are the big levers that I have to pull? That's getting your protein intake, to a good place that's getting your calorie intake where it needs to be right there's an article on the website that we have it's about you know fundamental nutrition go to that web go to the website go into that article you will find everything you need to know about the diet right but at the start of that there's a little like uh what are they called table of contents right you can just go okay look they said calories and they said protein they're the two really important things click into calories okay i'll read everything about calories fantastic read everything about protein now you're in such a phenomenal place to really, really build a good diet for yourself, right? Now, like Gary was saying, we have to factor in the rest of the diet. We want to build a good wholesome diet that you know, is actually going to be, like we referred to earlier on, it's actually going to be something that you can sustain far into the future. It's not just, oh, well, I'm just going to eat as, like, as little calories as possible and I'm going to get just protein and yeah, hopefully 
by the time I get on my holidays, I'll be lean enough and then I'll have a great relationship with myself, a great relationship with food. Like that's not gonna happen. You're gonna binge eat. Right? <laughs> it's just the way it is if you eat fuck all calories and only eat protein, right? So we, we need to build out the diet overall. But a part of that is dealing with the fact that it is also summer now. And like Gary was just about to go on to, people do eat seasonally. There is certain things that you know, happen during the summer. Again, like we mentioned earlier on, maybe it's barbecues, for example. A lot more people do barbecues. You have to have a strategy. You have to have a protocol to deal with those things, right? And again, this is something that I know you do, Gary, and I know I do myself with my coaching, um, where very often we'll talk about having this big toolkit, right? Or a toolbox or whatever, right? And we're just trying to build tools or trying to use tools for different jobs, right? And one of those things, we're like, okay, we've got this issue going on. It's a recurring thing. What strategies, what protocols can we bring in to deal with that? Whether it's you know ahead of time, whether it's during the event, or maybe it's retroactive, like after the event, right? We just want to have tools, right? And this is kind of what we're going to go into now in terms of there's going to be certain things that happen during the summer that you're going to have to have tools to deal with, right? And you don't just learn how to use a tool or know how to use a tool the first time you use it, right? You're gonna fuck up. It's part of the, the process. There's gonna be speed bumps and you're gonna fucking blast off that speed bump, crash your car, and it's gonna be a shit show, right? But that's fine. It's part of the process, right? You can't have this all or nothing mentality. You have to have this, okay, I'm gonna take what comes and I'm gonna see what happens and then I'm gonna adjust. I, I know the two big levers are calories and protein intake. And obviously again, we've talked about the rest of the diet, whatever. So I'm gonna keep my focus on those, but if there's speed bumps along the way that derail either of those, okay, I'm gonna to have to come up with a strategy for that in future. I'm not gonna beat myself up. I'm not gonna feel guilty, ashamed, whatever, because I had a few extra calories or you know, I didn't stick to my diet perfectly. That really doesn't help anyone, right? Absolutely. And that brings us then to some of those seasonal considerations. And this varies quite a bit by person. You know, in the fitness industry, especially among like bodybuilders and people that take the training quite seriously, doesn't matter whether it's Christmas Day or the 20th of July, they're eating the same food. Okay, it doesn't matter. Cold, warm, doesn't matter. A lot of normal people vary their diet quite a bit. So barbecues, you know, having things like more summery salads, smoothies, ice creams, those types of things. Okay, people will vary their diet during the summer. A lot of people don't like things like a big heavy Irish stew or porridge during the summer. Again, if you do, nothing wrong with that. Keep going. But if you're someone that, you know, does like to change your diet a little bit, then you have to adapt it. To, to fit these needs that we're talking about. And it can actually be quite easy because a lot of kind of more summery meals tend to be a little bit lighter. So if you're trying to diet, you know, something like a, a lighter salad that you're, you know, boosting the protein content of because you're conscious of your protein intakes, you're going to add a bit of extra chicken um, and maybe it's, it's, it's vegetables, maybe you got some fruit and seeds in there. Things like smoothies, again, if you normally have smoothies, you like fruit smoothies in the summer, you're getting a scoop of protein in there, uh, and so on, okay? So that's one of the things I would, you know, do coming into summer is try to adapt your diet a little bit and try to make it something that's actually enjoyable because that will really help your adherence when you're in a deficit is if you're, you're not just thinking about the Tupperware life, you know, you're not just thinking about having this 
diet that isn't compatible with you going to barbecues or isn't compatible with you, you know, sitting outside and having a meal you enjoy. So make these adaptations. You could also do it when you're going to barbecues, for example. You know, barbecues are very easy to get a lot of protein in. Maybe there's a lot of sides that are richer in, you know, carbohydrates and fats and desserts and things. So you just choose to have more of the protein with some of the salad and you're able to make that work then towards your goals. So make those adaptations in accordance with your own situation and it will be a much easier time. Yeah, 100%. And one of the things that I very often say to my clients is, look, you want to just pick your battles, right? You don't want to be battling every single thing, right? You don't want to have it be a battle. Every single time you have breakfast, you're like, fuck, it's a, it's a slog. I, I don't even know what to do. I'm, I'm going, should I do this? Should I do that? Like, just make it easy for yourself. Automate as much as possible. Have two or three different breakfast options. Cool. Fantastic. You don't have to think about it anymore. You just choose one of them. Same way at lunches. Cool. Just two or three different options. Choose one of them, right? You can prep stuff ahead of time. Happy days. But then when you're actually going out to events, like think about this as, okay, is this one of these events where I actually just, I want to let my hair down a little bit. I want to let loose a little bit. I want to just enjoy myself. I don't want to be the person that's like, oh, sorry, do you have a, you know, the low calorie uh, spread for this? And like, you don't want to be that person at that event. Cool. That's not a, not a big deal, right? You can still make good, healthy choices. You can still make better choices. They may not be the best. They may not be the most optimal, perfect choice, but they're still a better choice, right? And again, you can pick your battles. Maybe you want to have the, the ice cream the dessert you know cool okay but you're like oh, i need to stay within my calories then maybe you make the trade-off and go well okay i'm not going to be drinking alcohol uh, as a result right i, I know i want to indulge in a bit of dessert so i'm not going to just have all these extra calories from alcohol right so there you picked your battle you're going okay this is my poison for today it's the dessert right i'm going to stay away from the alcohol or vice versa you might go you know what actually i want to have a few beers tonight at this barbecue so how am i going to make the barbecue meal that i get a little bit leaner maybe you go oh you know what actually i know they're, they're serving burgers and you know chicken or whatever um, and there's like burger buns and you know normally i do like a big you know fatty beefy burger with you know a brioche bun and you know whatever else you're like okay well Look, if I want to have the alcohol as well and then my calories are X, Y, or Z or whatever, you're like, they don't really fit nicely together. Maybe you're going, okay, I'm going to choose the chicken breast and I'm actually just going to not eat the bun, right? So you can make better choices. You can save a few calories here that allow you to do something over here that isn't necessarily as optimal. And that's, again, the, the process of dealing with these different things. You're going to have to come up with strategies. And some of them, they're going to be a trade-off that you're like, that's not that's not great like you know you might be like look i actually really really just enjoy a big beefy burger brioche bun i'm like that's that's actually the the best the most enjoyable thing for me right then again you go okay well maybe i forego the alcohol or maybe i forego the dessert or whatever again it's just all these different trade-offs and again like i said sometimes it might just be a case where you go you know what, today's a bit of a, uh, fuck it. I'm still going to make good decisions. I'm still going to try to make healthier choices. I'm not going, you know, back for seconds, even though I'm not actually, I'm actually a little bit bloated and full from eating that. But, you know, I'm, I've pressed the fuck it button, so I might as well get as many calories as possible now. Like, we're not doing that, but you're allowed, you know, you're a human. You're allowed to let your hair down every once in a while. Like, are you just finished your exams. I, I actually think you're dieting as well for summer. You're, you know, you're trying to get a little bit leaner, you know, I presume, you know, you're going to celebrate on Friday when you get, uh, or if I should say, uh, yeah. you, you pass, right? you're going to be like, oh yeah, I'm going I'm to celebrate. I'm not going to care too much about the calorie intake that I have on the Friday night, or maybe it's Saturday night that you're celebrating, whatever it is, you're going, okay, I'll still make good choices. You know, I'm not going to go hog wild, but 
I'm not going to beat myself up if I have 200 extra calories from a meal that I'm enjoying with friends, family, you know, after, you know, a major life event, right? Now, the converse of that is if you are blowing a thousand extra calories, you're just consuming a thousand extra calories every single weekend, you know, you're just like, oh, this is a life-changing event. This is, this is an absolute must. You know, nobody has such an exciting life that every single week they have something that's like, oh, this, I'm celebrating my friend's wedding. I'm celebrating my friend's uh, birth of their child. I'm celebrating X, Y, Z, you know? If it's literally just a random Thursday night and you're going, oh yeah, like I just consumed 2,000 extra calories for, for no reason. Again, you're not picking your battles with that. You're just, you're just, you know, you're just doing it because YOLO. Absolutely, you know, it's not every event is important. You don't have to be at every party. You don't be at, have to be at every night out, and that's one of the things you do have to get used to. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna be fit and healthy long term, like big picture, but also if you're gonna be fit and healthy throughout the summer, okay, you know, you can come up with these strategies to reduce calories midweek and consume a bit more at the weekend. But there comes a point where you're just kind of just taking it far too far. You know, if you're out massive session every Friday and Saturday, you're having takeaway all day Sunday. You know half the week is gone then like you're just going to starve yourself then for the rest of the week it's just it's just not what we'd advise you can try it but it's not what we advise so that's the diet side of things of course please refer to the triage foundational nutrition article on the website if you'd actually like details on how to set up your nutrition but we're just talking big picture here in terms of how to manage your summer okay so that brings us to a discussion of training you know how might your training change during the summer so firstly if you're trying to you know just look good on the beach you want to you know develop your so-called beach bod then you can actually just use a beach body focus protocol there's nothing wrong with that you know people are often kind of scared to train the muscles or say that they're training the muscles that they want to develop most you know guys will often pretend to love leg day and like oh no i'm more hardcore chest and arms not for me bro i love leg day even though like deep down yeah they love the feeling of having a pump in their chest and arms and they'd love to develop them more there's no shame in that, okay? So if there's muscles that you want to develop, now could be a good time to maybe focus on those more. You know, will it give them a maybe more of a pop? Will it give them, you know, a little bit more glycogen storage? Will it develop them a little bit more of the summer? Potentially. So you can do that. And there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, 100%. And again, you can go into the research and be like, well, you know, it's most optimal to train X amount of sets per body part per week. And, you know, maybe you want to do it twice per week. And like all of that stuff is still true, right? It doesn't stop that from being true, but that doesn't mean that you have to do everything optimal for every single muscle group. You know, yeah. I would say, yeah, it probably makes sense to at least train legs once a week, right? For sure. Yeah. Is, you know, I want to build this beach body. Like you're going to see your legs at the beach, right? If you're wearing shorts, you're going to see your legs, right? And if you're going for a European uh, summer, because we're Europeans, Gary, uh, you're going to be wearing those Speedos, those little budgie smugglers, you yep. know, you're going to have the legs out, right? So you don't you want to have, have the little quad sweep. You want, you want a little bit? Exactly, right? Now, again, it doesn't have to be, you know, the major focus of your program, but, you know, it makes sense to at least train them, right? But after that, you can allocate your volume whatever way you want you're like look i actually want to just build my chest my arms my back i have a few clients that that's kind of their focus right now they're like look my legs they're they're fine you know they're not as big as they possibly could be they're relatively well developed but i actually just want my upper body to look you know good on the beach right or to look like x right um 
so for them we're like okay cool we're just going to allocate volume accordingly right do you have you know maybe we say oh for arms they're the, the key focus here we're going to get up to 16 to 20 sets for your arms per week right in terms of biceps 16 to 20 sets triceps 16 to 20 sets right so it's a higher volume approach you're focused on it more and again you would expect that you would get some return on investment now if you're dieting the amount of muscle that you can build is not as much as if you were gaining so again kind of same thing here we are like okay maybe we should just focus on this a couple of months ago but we're here now right and this also goes through like obviously we're talking about that from more of a male physique uh, standpoint but it also goes through for women as well if there's areas of your physique that you're like actually i want to really just develop these like a lot of women they train their glutes three four or five times a week right and they're like that's that's the area that i really want to develop there's nothing wrong with that do have at it right if that's the area that you're like that's where i need to develop to have this beach body that i desire here the, the look i want to create involves having bigger glutes crack on right now we still want to adhere to sound training protocols and there will relatively soon be a foundational training you know uh, article on the website but for now there isn't one and um, so you'll have to go back and listen to our previous podcasts on how to set up training etc right but you can effectively do regardless of your sex gender whatever you can do a specific training protocol for those goals and that's perfectly fine right if that means you're doing 20 sets for chest uh, and only you know, six sets per week for your quads <laughs> that's okay you know that's fine it doesn't have to be everything all at once all the time absolutely and then there's another element to this which is kind of beyond just the the beach body stuff which is maybe doing a bit more cardio and outdoor training during the summer it serves a couple of purposes number one cardio might help with your fat loss goals okay but that's the least of it really the other thing is that you know if you're going on holidays you're going to be swimming a lot maybe you like to do hiking you like active holidays we like active holidays you want to be fit for that you know being fitter is probably going to give you more options in terms of activities that you could do and allow you to enjoy your holidays more so that's one thing you could do there's also the benefit of doing cardio outdoors you know if you live in a nice a nice area it's you know nicer weather this time of year maybe you're spending a lot of time abroad during the summer doing more cardio outdoors might be perfect during this time or just another form of outdoor training so maybe you've classically been doing a lot of gym work indoors the weather's fantastic maybe you could bring a couple of kettlebells to the beach do more workouts like that or you know bring the dumbbells that you have at home outside in your backyard and train like that that's all very much worth doing because it comes down to preference and enjoyment as well as opposed to just what optimal training is you know i had planned to go to go to the gym there two days ago um in the middle of the day and the sun was just shining which is quite rare here in cork it was dry it was warm the sun was shining so i just did a workout in my backyard instead and very enjoyable was it the optimal workout for what i was trying to achieve maybe not but did i need that at that point in time no i didn't need optimal i just needed something that was practical and if it's going to be enjoyable and help with you know my adherence then spot on 100 percent. right so that's your baseline diet that's your baseline tra training fantastic right again we're talking big picture here what's what's the what's the next thing we move on to gary yeah so there are two kind of key barriers um, that will come up regardless of the situation if you're going on holidays or not and they're alcohol and eating out okay of course this can happen any time of year but it is a very frequent barrier during the summer so with alcohol as we mentioned previously nothing wrong with having a couple of drinks nothing wrong with trying to fit it into your calories across the week that can all be done but if you're consistently consuming 
you know, far in excess of the basic alcohol recommendations for health, um, or even just that it's a very high percentage of your calories, it's going to be very difficult to, you know, sustain that. It's just not a great approach, okay? So if you are having a couple of drinks at the weekend, let's say, let's say once per week you're having a few drinks, what you can generally do, and this also goes for if you're eating out, is maybe a day or two before reduce your calories a little bit, okay? So maybe you reduce your caloric intake by 200 to 300 on Thursday and Friday because you're having dinner on Saturday night. And now you've freed up 400 to 600 calories on top of your standard intake for that day. If you do that, it's going to make no difference to your fat loss outcomes. You can continue to lose fat or maintain your body weight depending on your goal. Just because you had you had alcohol or just because you had sticky toffee pudding doesn't give it inherent properties that are going to change the laws of, of calories working, okay? So that's still very much achievable. As I said, you can totally overdo it here. Same thing with eating out. If you're eating out every night and you're constantly trying to catch up and you're going through this yo-yo phase where you're binging and restricting, it's not a great approach. Yeah, 100%. This kind of proactive, okay, I'm going to reduce calories coming into an event. Like it can work for a lot of people. For other people, it just leads them to be excessively hungry during the week. Absolutely. And then yeah. they start binge eating because they're like, oh, I'm free now. So you still have to make good choices if you're eating out or you're drinking out or whatever. Um, like it doesn't negate that just because you've saved a few calories during the week. And then also, you know, we're talking when we, we generally do it with clients, I'm, I'm saving maybe 100, 200 calories depending on their intake, you know, each day of the week. A lot of people I see try to implement this. They go, oh, I'm going to save 500 calories yeah. on Friday each one. And you're like, okay, you're already in a 300 calorie deficit. Now you're in nearly fucking a thousand calorie deficit just because you're trying to save calories. Like you've just dramatically increased the likelihood that you're going to binge eat at that event because you've been starving all week, you know, just thinking about, oh, I can't wait for the Saturday night when I get to eat into that juicy whatever it is, right? So again, you have to be smart with this stuff. You still have to make good decisions. You can overdo it. So there is that kind of proactive approach. You can also do that retroactively. If you go, look, actually, you know, I think I consumed 200 extra calories that, you know, at that uh, event or that meal or whatever that, you know, I, I, I kind of want to make it up. So, you know, you could do that. You could do the next few days or just a little bit lighter calories and that's fine. Like there's, there's no big deal with that. Now, again, you don't want to get into this like a, uh, kind of binge restrict uh, mentality where you go, oh yeah, a thousand extra calories. So the next few days, I'm just gonna restrict massively because it's just gonna lead to another binge um, and you don't wanna just punish yourself. But it is a strategy that you could potentially use. That's also something that I very often use with clients that uh, you know are including alcohol in their, their weekend because you know if you are out drinking the night before, like maybe your stomach is a little bit off, you're not as hungry that next day, you know, you're a bit tired and whatever, maybe you're sleeping a bit more. Like it's pretty easy to drop out three hundred extra calories the day after uh, a night out, you know? Now of course, we still have to focus on good habits. You can't just be like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save some calories the next day because I'll, I'll be hungover," and then you're down in McDonald's or wherever else getting your like hangover meal. That's you know, it's hard to fit in your calorie. You know, like again, we still have to make smart choices. It doesn't negate that. Um, but effectively, the three strategies here are: you can proactively save some calories, you can retroactively, you know, restrict some calories that you already overspent or, and this is one that applies for all of them, you can just be a little bit smarter with your intake when you're eating out or you're drinking out, right? Like if you're going, oh, I'm gonna go for a night out and it's gonna be a, a heavy one or a fucking hectic one, then you're like, okay, like you know that going into it. And again, 
not negating the fact that you know sometimes you do want to just let the hair down you want to be a bit looser with things that's fine you have to accept the trade-offs with that but if you're saying oh actually i want to kind of stay on track with my goals then you're just going to have to drink less <laughs> you know like it, it's a simple fact you know and um, like if you're going oh normally i'd have you know I don't know, 12 pints, you know, it's a relative uh, regular occurrence in, in Ireland, at least. You know, before you, know, you go out. like Yeah, literally before you go out. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, like if you're going to be drinking that much, then it probably makes sense to be like, okay, look, I'm going to try to reduce that. I'm going to try to drink less. One of the strategies that I very often use with clients is just every second drink you get is a pint of water right like it's not hard you're still able to engage in this kind of like buying rounds culture that people often engage in like if you're down the pub although you know pubs are quite expensive these days most people are uh, pre-drinking at home um or just drinking in fields even if you're in your 30s and um, that's very often the case um but you know you can have a drink of water every second one you don't need to just be like oh this is the only drink that i'm drinking now that i'm out drinking alcohol <laughs> like it doesn't need to be the case you can go okay yeah, i had a pint of this i'm gonna have a pint of water i'm gonna have a pint of this and i'm gonna have a pint of water like it it doesn't make a big deal right or at least it, it shouldn't be a big deal now your friends they might be uh calling you all kinds of names but like once you've done it two or three times they just get over it like it's not like it's not a big deal like oh wow i drank some water and you're gonna give out to me about that like get a fucking grip we're not children here like <laughs> absolutely and it's it's become increasingly easy as well with all the um zero options out yeah. there now as well including like both you know classically alcoholic and just soft drinks you know you always have something you know if you if you're holding a a coke zero on a night out with a straw like people are probably going to think you're having a vodka and coke or something like so those kind of social issues not as much of a problem anymore really and not that you ever have to explain yourself to someone anyway you know but you know if you're holding something like a guinness zero and obviously don't drink it if you don't like it but that's something that again like people just assume you're drinking a pint it's just not that big a deal and it's becoming increasingly yeah, remember everyone's an individual until they get some sort of social pressure yes and then suddenly i don't want to be an individual i'm not an individual <laughs> but I, I i've done that because i i actually quite li i like the guinness zero i think it's actually one of the better ones of the zero drinks and i've done that on a, a night out for uh, well, when was it we had yeah or like our, our school reunion there last year because it was going to be a super long night like we were out from like five like I'm not drinking all night. That's that drive me nuts. So I just had, you know, a pint, then a pint of zero, then a pint, then a pint of zero. And, you know, where you would have normally had eight pints, now you've just had four. And you do have a full stomach, for sure, because it still all adds up. But that's the, they're the types of strategies that you can employ. Different things work for different people. But if you can find a way of controlling your drinking, like that's the, that's the big win here, especially if you're one of those classic Irish people that's going out you can't even count the amount of drinks that you had. Yeah, you have to get a belly full, you know? Yeah. Anyway, right. So that's dealing with the pre-event, right? Or the pre-end of the diet, right? So mm -hmm. kind of in dealing with this as if like, oh, you know, August, that's when I'm going to go on holidays. That's when I want to be ready for or whatever, whatever date it is for you as an individual, right? How do we then deal with that holiday that we have planned what do we do then to either stay on track or ease the kind of transition from being in a deficit to being in a different environment to being somewhere that you know you're not able to necessarily fall back on 
your your general healthy habits like you're in a completely different environment you're not able to just go down to the shop that you normally get food from you're like they they don't even have that shop here you know um, or you're at an all you can eat you're at a fully catered type thing right um, so how do we deal with that and then maybe we'll say at the end of that kind of how do you ease back into uh, the real world post holiday yeah so I'll start first and foremost with just five tips for healthy holidays this applies if you're trying to lose fat if you're not trying to lose fat even if you're trying to bulk all these things can actually be quite useful and these are things i try to employ myself and they're things that for someone that has really got their habits in a good place they've mastered their health their health and fitness guru these are the things that you should be doing okay the, the really important things right here because if you can do all these things and not be the person that just diets up to their holiday and then has no plan of action and just totally splurges this is a way better approach okay so first and foremost try to bring protein powder with you if you can it can often be difficult to get you know enough protein depending on the type of holiday you're going on but if you can bring you know some protein powder or assess the availability of different foods different food products prior to traveling that can be really helpful okay obviously it depends on, on your luggage how much you have available that type of thing most places you go these days you'll probably be able to pick up a cheap tub of protein or some sort of protein products so just before you go have a rough think what food am i going to be able to get when i eat out what food products do they have you know do they have protein powders do they have protein ready to drink those types of things is there good access to fresh fruits and vegetables and now, of course, this is more important if you're going for a longer period of time. If you're going for a weekend, it's probably not that big a deal. But I would still pay attention to these things prior to traveling, okay? The second thing, then, is assessing the availability of local gyms. So if you're going away for two to four weeks, let's say, you probably want to keep getting your training in. Even if it's just two, three days a week where you normally train four to six times per week, it can help you to just maintain some of your progress all right and all of your progress really to be honest so assess any local gyms in the area personally i really enjoy going to new gyms so if i'm away and i know there's a nice gym in the area that's something i'd actually look forward to but you could consider as well bringing some light exercise equipment such as resistance bands or skipping rope they don't take up much weight or space in your luggage and it can be a really easy way to get in a nice body weight workout with some of these accessories okay um, you can also assess your environment which is something we'll come back to shortly so number three then would be to try to polarize your meals if you can so what i mean by this is you know are, are you a, are you a buffet breakfast person you love breakfast you want to have a massive breakfast or are you a dinner and dessert person a lot of us are both but you know you you you, you decide what you, what you enjoy most and then enjoy that so for example if you like going out for dinner and dessert and maybe a pint after and that's your thing you might have a lighter breakfast so for example you go to the breakfast buffet bit of yogurt bit of fruit maybe you have your whey protein with you into the yogurt mix it up nice light breakfast maybe you have a a salad or something for lunch and it's again it's a bit lighter and then you're splurging on dinner dinner is your thing okay there's infinite ways you could do that you know in terms of maybe your heavy breakfast um and then you skip lunch and then you have a lighter dinner whatever way works for you try to have some sort of strategy so that every meal isn't really really indulgent okay even if it's just one meal is a little bit lighter that's perfectly fine okay now number four then is to choose activities that serve both fun and health okay so for example instead of lounging around at the pool all day you might go for, for a walk you might go for a hike you might go for a walk on the beach go swimming etc 
okay so if you can build in these small little habits these little bits of exercise you'll probably see more of the area you're in you probably enjoy it and it's going to serve your health so i'm not just saying it so that you have to make your whole holiday about hitting 20,000 steps that's not necessary but it'll often make your holiday more enjoyable rather than just lounging around okay now that brings us to the final one which is and this is a really important one remember that this isn't your last chance to eat nice food so you can have it when you go home as well this is all about avoiding the kind of all or nothing mindset which is what we've alluded to previously where if you go on holidays and you've been restricting yourself really low calories really limited food choices up until your holiday and then you go away and you give yourself just this free-for-all for a week you're going to eat everything in sight and you're telling yourself I'm going to have all the chocolate I can because I can't have it when I go home. I'm going to stop. I'm going to be strict again when I go home. You have to give yourself this permission to eat these foods so that it's not just this single opportunity where you're going to splurge. And that'll give you a lot more control over the foods that you're eating because it means that if you've had a chocolate bar just now and there's a second one there, you might already be a little bit full. And if your thought process is, well, I'm not going to eat it again when I go home, you're going to have that second chocolate bar. If your thought process is, meh, I, I can have that at home, it's not a big deal, then you're less likely to do so. Yeah, 100%. I actually don't really have much else to add. Basically, you need to assess what foods are available to you, you know, do a little bit of pre-planning. Is there a supermarket near you? Is there you know, a supplement store near you? Is there whatever, right? You just need to go, okay, how am I going to deal with this? It takes maybe 15 minutes to look that stuff up ahead of time, you know? I know some people, especially if they're really into their health and fitness, they'll do that before they even book somewhere. They'll be like, oh no, I'm not gonna book uh, you know, a hotel or Airbnb or whatever it is, unless it's near somewhere that I can get XYZ that I need to include in my diet, right? But for most people, that's not necessary, right? You can also bring some things. If you're like, look, it's just, it's clearly gonna be very difficult for me to hit my protein intake. I'm going somewhere that their culture just doesn't eat protein. They, they really don't eat protein for breakfast, especially. So I know I'm gonna struggle with that. And I wanna be able to save some calories at breakfast so that I can eat a little bit more indulgently in the evening. Okay, cool. So you're just gonna to have to bring some protein powder or something like that. You know, it's literally not a big deal, right? Same with the, the training environment. Like, what are you gonna do training-wise? Oh, look, there's no gyms available to you. Can you do some body weight things, right? Can you just be, okay, I, I can't even do some resistance training. I'm just gonna be more active in terms of, you know, going for more walks, going for a swim, doing whatever, right? Maybe you also do something that a lot of uh, health and fitness people trainees, trainers, whatever, do, which is they just train a little bit excessively or harder in the lead up the week or two going into a holiday, not because they think it's going to increase their results or anything. It's basically so that you're a little bit overtrained coming into the holiday and you're basically using that holiday as a bit of a, a deload, right? So you're kind of allowing the body to you know, super compensate would be the term that's often used, but basically just allowing yourself to recover a little bit, right? And this can be used even if you don't just, you know, train a little bit excessively the week or two coming into a holiday. Like if you've been training hard for the last 12 weeks, you know, a week off the gym or whatever, man, it's meaningless, right? But having said that, we do generally recommend people try to get some sort of training in while they're away. And this is purely just keeping that habit in check. Because if you don't do any training while you're away, it can be a little bit of a slog when you come back, right? When you're kind of going, oh, like I haven't been in a gym or I haven't even thought about exercise for the last week. Or especially if you're going away for something like two weeks, 
You know, if you're like, oh, I haven't even thought about exercise for two weeks, that first week you come back into the gym, it's just going to be a little bit, there's just gonna be a bit more friction to get into the gym, to actually pushing hard in the gym, right? So generally we do recommend just doing some sort of training, even if it's literally, okay, I'm gonna do 15 minutes of a body weight uh, training circuit here, a couple of body weight squats, a couple of push-ups, happy days, see you later, right? It doesn't have to be excessive, you just need to do something, right? And like I was saying in terms of like polarizing your meals, this goes back to just picking your battles, you know? Where are you gonna spend those calories that you have available to you? For most of you, you're probably gonna wanna eat somewhere around maintenance calories. You probably don't necessarily need to still be in a deficit. However, I am also aware that the vast majority of you probably don't want to keep tracking calories, probably don't want to keep you know, being excessively rigid with your diet once you go away, and that's perfectly fine. However, we still need to have a plan of action, right? Because you've no plan of action and you've gone from being a little bit more rigid, a little bit more focused on your diet to going, okay, the gates are open, have at it, right? It's gonna be difficult to transition into that. So having a plan of action, what are you gonna do for breakfast? What are you gonna do for lunch? What are you gonna do for dinner? What's your general strategy? What's your general protocol for the day? Crack on, right? But having that kind of strategy or protocol really does actually make the, the holiday more enjoyable because you're not getting this like, fuck, I shouldn't have had that ice cream at lunch. Now I can't have the dessert at my dinner because I fucked it, you know? Like you don't, like, you don't want to have those kind of thoughts. You want to be able to enjoy your holiday, let the hair down, enjoy yourself, right? So if you're able to do that by virtue of, oh, I'm going to have a little bit of a lighter breakfast, a little bit of a lighter lunch, which if you're going to somewhere warm, you probably want to do anyway. And then you have a little bit more uh, flexibility, enjoyment in the evening. And like I said earlier on, like generally I do tell, tend to tell people to pick your battles. Like if you're going to go for this big indulgent meal and dessert, probably skip out on the alcohol. Like don't be adding calories unnecessarily if you're like no actually i want to have a few more beers or whatever then yeah okay don't go for the dessert don't go for the extra buttery whatever pill pill or whatever it is for your dinner right like okay save a little few calories there so that you can have a few beers again it's just being smart with your calorie budget right and again if you want to let the hair down let the hair down but just have that as the mentality don't go in with this kind of I'm kind of half in, half out, you know, I'm like, oh, like, I kind of want to enjoy myself, but I kind of want to just stay on track. So half the time you're being overly strict with yourself and overly berating yourself, you know, feeling guilty or ashamed or whatever of the extra calories you had last night. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to starve myself today. Like, you again, you just need to have a protocol. You need to have a plan of action for this stuff, right? And then like Gary said earlier on, you know, just be active on your holidays. Just, you know, don't just sit there lying by the pool all day. There's a time and a place for that for sure, but you know, it's very easy to get, you know, whatever, let's just say 10,000 steps per day and still, you know, spend the majority of the day lazing by the pool, right? Like it's, you know, it's, it's very easy to do. Absolutely, and I think that wraps it up pretty much. Yeah, the only thing I do want to add on is and that transition back to reality. Yeah. That can be quite difficult. And for the vast majority of people, you make it harder on yourself than it needs to be, right? Effectively, we don't necessarily need to go back to exactly what we were doing before the holiday, as in like, maybe we were in a 500 calorie deficit, but going back to roughly the kind of same meal schedules that you had, the kind of same, you know, rough meal setup that you had, like you're like, oh, I had these two or three breakfast options, you know, stay with them, right? Maybe you have a few extra calories, maybe you're like, okay, you know, I wanna go back up to maintenance um, rather than being in a 500 calorie deficit, 
then that's fine. Just add to what you've currently been eating or previously been eating before the holiday and then crack on with that. However, having said that, the vast majority of people, they come back from holiday and they're kind of like, oh, I feel a bit bloated. I feel a bit waterlogged. I feel a bit, you know, off. And just going back to where you were the week before your holiday, assuming that it wasn't an excessively calorie restrictive diet, like that can be fine. Do that for a week, you know, drop off some of the water weight, get back into a good rhythm with the diet and then start thinking about how you're going to change it going forward, whether you're going to push for more fat loss, whether you're going to, you know, try to maintain the fat loss that you've got. Maybe you want to go into a muscle building phase and, you know, eating a surplus, whatever, right? So that's how you deal with the diet. Now, a lot of people, I'm saying that very you know, quickly as if that's going to be an easy job. A lot of people will find the first few days just a little bit of a struggle to really get back into the rhythm. Their hunger schedule is gonna be a bit off. Maybe they have you know, been indulging their sweet tooth a little bit and they're gonna be like, oh, you know, I wouldn't mind uh, you know, a little bit of something sweet at this time. All of that stuff, again, it does get better. It does get easier over time, um, but it is something just to consider. And the same with the gym, just go back to the previous schedule that you were doing. You know, Maybe you do wanna change things up. Maybe you're like, oh, actually, I wanna go back to training legs twice per week, I was, I was skimping out on them. That's perfectly fine. But that first week back, at least, just take it easier. Just you know, drop the weights that you were using. Don't try to go jump back into exactly what you were doing previously. You know, use a lighter weight. Maybe don't do as much volume. Maybe you drop off a set or two. Maybe you do you know lower reps. You know, or sorry, I shouldn't say lower reps. I should say uh, reps further away from failure. Like maybe you were doing a 12 rep set. Maybe you just do eight reps, and you're like, okay, that's it. You know, I, I don't need to do that 12 rep max <laughs> uh, this first week. Just ease back into the training sessions, and again, just get back into those healthy habits, right? And after that, it's really just that first week that is difficult, right? In terms of, you're basically just easing back into the healthy habits that you've ideally built previous or going into uh, the holiday, right? Now, if you've been not <laughs> building healthy habits, then it's gonna be a lot harder. If you've just been like excessively restricting, if your training has just been punishing or whatever, it's gonna be a lot harder, right? But easing back in and just kind of building some momentum again, that's all you really need to do, you know? Would you have anything else to add to that? No, I think that covers everything, to be honest. Fantastic. Well then, Gary, where can people find us? So guys, obviously, first and foremost, if you'd like specific help with this, maybe you've got an event coming up and you'd like coaching, we do have coaching spaces available. That includes myself and Patty and the remainder of the triage coaching team we have both tra training and nutrition and nutrition only coaching depending on your needs okay so get in touch the details are down below we also put out a lot of free content as you know so we've got the podcast we put out a lot on our social media as well but the best place to keep up with us is probably the newsletter so make sure you subscribe to our email list again the link for that is below make sure to subscribe we have a nutrition certification as well. If you'd like to become a nutritionist with triage, you can learn everything you need to know about the theory and practice of nutrition coaching and then begin to help more people. Um, if you like the podcast, do share it, like it, leave a rating and review if you can. We always appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I think that's everything. I don't have much else to add. I hope everyone enjoys both of us being back and uh, we'll see you in the next one.